Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Man down tonight. Low T was suffering from mononucleosis. Closisis, yeah, that's what it was. Or uh, flu or something. But uh, Chuck, the the hardy uh, whitefish Montana native, who I can't ever remember calling in sick before, called in sick today. Yeah. Well, texted in sick. No one ever calls in anymore. They just text in sick. So um, I... I I have no doubt that Chuck is, is struggling because, seriously, he's never called in. So uh, wish him well. He says it's the flu, I think. Yeah. Which is... Uh, I didn't even know you could get the flu this late. And... I, a girl I know just got pneumonia. Really? Yeah. Pneumonia. Pneumonia. It's August. Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Who's getting pneumonia in August? Oh, Who's getting the flu in August? I think it was that homemade sausage chuck made that it's not really the flu he's just got like salmonella or something <laughs> well let's hope i haven't eaten it yet yeah, i wouldn't then wait till he comes back well i'm and... waiting for this one and 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 charlie to you know yeah yeah i would hold off on chuck's homemade sausage mm-hmm. before before you uh <laughs> dig into that uh everyone else is here buford's gonna screen the calls in a non-german accent so be nice to him longori on the other side of the takeout window Tonight's studio audience, intern Tyler, Doe Eyes, Nicole Bennett, and uh, our good friend Madison. Uh, this is going to be a funky show. I'm telling you up for the bat. This is a, this is a funkadelic show. We're going to be all over the place. Uh, so you are forewarned. It's going to be entertaining. But I don't know which way this is going to go. So stick around. Lonely Tailgater will join us with Blessed or Not Blessed in the second hour. Uh, also, here, here's the headline of the show. Uh, Ted McGinley is going to join us. Actor whom I know most from uh, Revenge of the Nerds. He was the the jock on Revenge of the Nerds. You guys, I mean, the young crew here, have you guys all seen the movie Revenge of the Nerds? No. Never, Tyler never saw it. I have not. You have not seen I know, Madison? I know, Three Strikes. Wow. Wow. That was like a seminal movie of the 80s. That was a major, major movie of the 80s, Revenge of the Nerds. Longoria, I'm assuming you've seen oh, it yes, multiple times. Definitely. Buford, um, he's eating, never mind. Yeah, he's but Revenge of the Nerds is a, a classic. I mean, that movie came out with no fanfare. It was literally starring no one that anyone knew, and it it just blew up. It was uh, just a, basically what the the title says: Revenge of the Nerds. The nerds got their revenge, and it was it was nerds at a, a college in California, and their their nemesis was this uh, Stan, quarterback of the football team, played by Tim McGinley, who will be on the show tonight, and he was also on Married with Children. Uh, he's been on a bunch of stuff. Very recognizable uh, actor. I'm, I can't believe the millennials haven't seen Revenge of the Nerds. Wasn't alive. Now, if you watch it now, you'll be like, wow, that's there's a lot of wrong in this movie. There is a lot of wrong in the movie. If you watch it now, you're like, that was very inappropriate what they were doing to women. <laughs> like, it, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, but it's still a good movie. But you're like, ooh, that's kind of weird yeah but but a classic i can't believe you guys haven't seen it all right so i wanted to start off here since you guys haven't seen it which which really helps me out in this discussion um when i when i was in high school there were there were casts there were cliques there were there was a pecking order you had groups um you had you had the popular kids you had the jocks sometimes those two groups mixed 
you had the nerds, and you had the burnouts, and then you had everyone else. So th- those were the cliques that you were in. Jo- popular kids, jocks, nerds, burnouts, everyone else. But when I went to college, like that, that kind of disappeared, which takes away from the allure of Revenge of the Nerds. Um, it seems like college was the great equalizer, where it was like no one was... There were, I mean, you had you had groups of friends, but it wasn't like, like it was in high school. Like, who's sitting where in the in the cafeteria was a big deal. Like, you can't sit here; you're a nerd. You know, it's like yeah, that that didn't happen in college. That that kind of like ends at the end of high school to some degree. I guess the the athletes stuck together in college. Um, the band people stuck together in college. I don't know why I'm looking at you, Beanie, when I say band people. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't you were in the band. No, I was really. I would have bet money you were in the band. Nope. Uh, one time at band camp. <laughs> uh, Tyler, as a Division One athlete, at at uh, much like I was at the University of Pennsylvania. Do you You're see, comparing yourself? Do you see, yes, absolutely. Do you see? Shut up, Longoria. Do you see? You, you know, did, when you went to high school, did you see the the cliques that I that I was referring to? The groups, the you know, the nerds, the jocks, the popular kids, the burnouts. Well, we call them burnouts. I don't know if, what they have, what if they're goth now or whatever, but. In, my, in, in high school, it was the kids that drank and, and smoked weed. They were the burnouts. <laughs> mm. That's probably commonplace yeah. now. but that oh, was the cool kids. Yeah, 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 it was abnormal <laughs> when I was in high school. Um, did, did you have cliques like that in high school? Because you're the, you're the freshest out of high school. Yeah, it wasn't really like that. It was. I mean, I would just notice it would be my team that sat together. The athletes and sat together. Else. Yeah, okay. mostly it was just athletes sat together and then everybody else. And in college, did you see the same? Do you see the same? Or... Well, in college, it's probably more because it has all the sororities and fraternities. All of them sit together. I got all you. the athletes like they sit with their teammates. So it's athletes, like it's fraternities, sororities, and then everybody else. Everybody doing else. All right, uh, Nicole Bennett, not Emmett. Uh, you not too far out of high school and college. The cliques in high school. Did you have similar ones that I did? Yes. What What were the the groups? How did they break down? They were similar. Yeah. I think by senior year, it's different. Everybody mm. matures a little bit. Yeah, you like to hope, but but the cliques yes, still remain. A, I mean, a little. Yeah. Right. The underclassmen are still in their yes. in their cliques. Yeah. So so what were the groups that you had in high school that you could identify? Um. Well, we had, I guess, musical theater would be another group. Nerds. That, okay. Not, no, they they not that, right. Nerds. That's a nerd group. No, I wouldn't think <laughs> so. Musical theater. Kind of nerd. No theater. I yes. was in theater. I wouldn't also consider myself I, a nerd. But that, I mean, if if that is the whole group is musical theater. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> but other than that, I would say the same groups that you named. Athletes. Right. Now we call them burnouts. What did, did you guys have a name for? said the same thing burnouts, I think really? now with younger generations you've got hipsters too now oh okay in there, thrown in there the, the hipster things. group yes all right um so what what group were you in high school the musical was, theater I, no no <laughs> i was kind of a floater i didn't really have a group yeah people so. they just passed you around they they're <laughs> yep mm-hmm. all right no like you wandered from group to group i was the same <laughs> yeah. way because i would oh, be yeah. so i was I, I wasn't i was never popular but i was an athlete and I was in honors courses, so I would float between athletes and nerds. Same, yeah. And I same. never, I never really hit the burnout. Like, you know, I never drank or smoked or anything in high school. So the burnout, I was friends with burnouts, mm-hmm. but I never yeah. was in that in that clique. Um, but yeah, no, you can you can occupy more than one space in the cliques. Yes. Madison, uh, growing up in Woodstock, similar similar groups in high school. I was homeschooled. Oh, that's right. Never yeah, mind. Turn welcome. her mic off. The rest of the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Buford, uh, who was also a local kid. Uh, when you went to high school, you went to high school in 
South Gwinnett. South Gwinnett County. Yep. What, what were the social structures of South Gwinnett County? Uh, the jocks, the yeah. nerds. Uh, I was the metalhead group. Metalhead, that's another. Yeah, yeah, the burnout slash metalhead. Good call on that. Yeah, I was in that group. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's mostly the same groups you you pointed out. Yeah, it's it's. I think that's, you know, if you, did you guys ever see The Outsiders, the movie The Outsiders? Oh, yes. yes. The Greases and the Soches? Yes. Like, those were the, the two main yeah. groups. So that was like the popular kids in the burnouts is, is how that would translate to my high school. Growing up in uh, Texas, Longoria, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> at your multicultural high school, yeah. what kind of groups are we looking Pretty at? Pretty much the same, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, theater, we had jocks, we had the nerds, you know, the smart kids. You yeah. Know? We didn't really have a name for the what you call burnouts, but they were just they were the ones that went across the street to smoke cigarettes. Metalheads. Yeah. yeah no, what, is that what Buford said? What yeah, metalheads, yeah. yeah. That's about it. So, so here, here's why I'm bringing it up. I, I want to hear from all generations on this. Uh, the, the older, the better. If you grew, if you went to high school in the 50s, 40s, whatever, I, I want to hear from you. What were, what were the social groupings like uh, back in, in those days? And are we going to see a trend away from that? I, I think the way that we are moving now, and correct me if I'm wrong, kids, um, the, just in this digital age, in this social media age, is there going to be a more blending of groups where we don't have the defined groups, uh, the social structure, or is it going to be even more separated now? You know, is it going to be everyone comes together, or are these these sec- sections going to be even further apart? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like everybody's going to be like the same, but they're still going to have their groups. But I feel like it's going to be more like intertwining between groups. Yeah. So yeah. So you think you think the that there will be less divide? Yeah. Than there was in my generation or, or in prior generations. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like even in school and when I was in high school, like I was in, like you said, like honors classes, yeah. AP classes. So I was like still kind of with the nerds, but I was also on the basketball team. So you get both, like, yeah, you, both worlds. You, so I you, feel like you occupy two spaces at once. Yeah. It reminds me, uh, Dazed and Confused. Have you guys seen Dazed and Confused? No. Yes. All right. Meanie's seen Dazed and Confused. Yes. Dazed and Confused? I'm going to say yes. But you're you gonna haven't. say yes. Say yes. Go it's it's an amazing movie. This one is about the last day of high school, in 1976, at a high school in Texas. Yes. And the head of the quarter the quarterback, Randall Pink Floyd, um, is is an athlete, good looking kid, popular kid, but he's also in honors classes. So you see that mix, mixing of he's friends with he's friends with anybody. He's friends with the athletes. He's friends with the nerds. Remember the redhead? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the burnout, the kid uh, Slater. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he occupied all circles. So, uh, you got to watch that movie. Jeez Louise. Oh, that is a classic. Man. I don't know why I've been wasting time on this internship having him do stuff. We should, should just, just have watch, watch movies. Yeah, I've I been know. compiling a list yeah. of all the movies you For told real. me to watch. Absolutely. All it's right. like at 15. So, that's how we're starting off the show tonight. Again, this show is going to go a million different ways. So, just... Just buckle up and hang with us. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. All because Ted McGinley is going to be on the show. Stan from Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, let's kick things off with Ryan and Villarica. Ride Dog, you're on the Mark Aram Show. Hey, thanks for taking my call so early. I love the topic, and I love your show. Thank you, buddy. All right, I went to high school and graduated in 91, and I was famous in my high school. I was the class clown uh, voted by my peers. And we had, you know, like popular kids and jocks and, like you're saying, uh, nerds. But the group that you were talking about, the burnouts, we called them the druggies. And uh, cigarettes were much less regulated back then, and kids used to smoke during lunch break. Yeah, well, so I graduated uh, in 91 also, and I was okay. also a class comedian. But when I, when I went to high school, 
uh, we did call them druggies too, but mostly burnouts. You could get a pass. Like if you were over 18, you could go up to the teacher and say, I need a smoking pass in the middle of the class. Just like saying, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And they'd give you a pass to go to the smoking area outside and smoke a cigarette. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, I was, I was a closet smoker in high school. And uh, most of the friends that I had didn't even smoke weed until after high school. But what I want to talk about, you're talking about the separation or groups or anything. I believe that we're moving towards uh, division in this way, that when I got to college, I noticed, and also in high school, when, when you have liberty to just sit wherever you want to, especially during lunch, is that kids uh, racially segregate themselves voluntarily uh, without even thinking about it. They just gravitate towards you the say group. now or in our generation? Even now, yeah. Like, I, um, Tyler, I, do you I see have, that? Yeah. So there's, uh, see, I would have thought, and it, I mean, I didn't go to the, the most racially diverse school, but we had large segment of Koreans, Lebanese, African-Americans, and, and that I did see that. But I thought as we got to 2017, there'd be less of that. We'll discuss that. That's a good point. We'll bring that up after the break. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. On Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. Mark Aram on 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. Caught me mid-bite, Longoria. We came back early there. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Eric and Swanee. Eric, you're on the Mark Aram Show. Hey, thanks for answering call. What, uh, what's up, buddy? Well, I grew up uh, in a suburb north of New York City and very lo- uh, our equivalent to the um, the burnouts were mostly Italian guys with leather jackets and slicked down hair. They were the greasers. How old are you? Um, I am fifty seven now. Okay, this was in the mid seventies. So that would be the the tail end of the greaser era. Where, like Westchester County? Where in New York? Yeah, Westchester, exactly. Yorktown. Um, Chappaqua, actually. Oh, fancy Chappaqua. Within right. walking distance of the Clintons. There you go. Um, so the, the, what were the other groups, though, in the 70s? You, I'm well, assuming, I mean, the drug culture was pretty big in the 70s, right? Yeah, we were at, I mean, we, uh, we were at a very good high school, one of the top ones in the country, so we had a mix. I mean, you might be an athlete jock, or, I'm sorry, uh, an athlete um, intellectual yeah. that might have the... Computer guys, computers were pretty new in schools back then, so they were kind of the geeks. I think the size of the school impacts the the cliques and the and the uh, caste system a lot too. Because if you're in a sm- smaller school, like I graduated uh, 182 people in my graduating class in high school. How many were in yours, Buford? Do you remember how many how many people how many people in your high school in Southern Gwinnett? Small school, big school? Big school. All right. He's eating, too. What about you, Longoria? How many people did you graduate with? I don't remember, but it was, you know, me, you know. I think the smaller the school. It wasn't the, real small. The less clicks you have, and the bigger the school, the more you have. I just think that's basic math. Uh, Greg's in Gainesville. Greg, welcome to the show. How's it going, guys? Oh, you're missing one. We always called them the rednecks. We did. I did, not have, I did not have rednecks in my school. But. Well, see, I grew up, I grew up rural uh, right outside of Athens. And uh, we had this, had the group of cliques, and they kind of went with the smokers, but they were the rednecks. They they always drove the jacked up trucks. Um, we actually had a guy who drove a tractor to, to uh, school one day. <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, we, we call them kickers. Of, you know, you, yeah, you pull. He pulls up with an old John Deere tractor, and it's like, you know, 
what the hell happened to your truck? Oh, it broke down, so I got the tractor and I came home to school. That's yeah. pretty fantastic. We yeah, we yeah, call you're... we didn't we called them country. So basically, uh, if if they were if they listen to country music, if they wore work boots to work every day, I mean to school every day. Um, Lance Bernard was was the most country kid in our in our school because I grew up in rural Connecticut. It wasn't like this was a city, um, but he used to wear the flannel shirt, the uh, work boots. Uh, so yeah, we had we had a country clique, but it was smaller. It was small. The kids that that lived on a farm. Yeah, we called them kickers. Kickers. Yeah. Blank kickers. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Patty's in Brazelton. Patty, you're on the Mark Aram show. Hey, I too went to South Gwinnett High School. Go Comets. Go Comets. And, yeah, and I graduated in the early '70s. So we had the jocks, the popular kids, which kind of intertwined. We had the smart kids. And then we had the hippies, you know, the ones that smoked a lot of dope and were stoned all the time. Peace you know, and peace love. out, groovy, that kind of thing. Nice, nice. What group were you in, Patty? I was uh, everybody else. <laughs> you were, yeah. I, and I mean, I, I was with the smart kids because I took some of the uh, higher courses. Yeah. But I, I was a majorette, so I hung out with the band. So. Oh, yeah, the majorettes. So we had the, uh, we had the majorettes, the cheerleaders. Yeah. It's interesting to look back on it. It's like crazy time in our lives yeah it was we just self-separate a lot of self-separation going on you don't see that in the workplace no yeah don't have that all right we'll come back with more of this call in honor of ted mcginley from revenge of the nerds the social systems when you went to school from back in the day to today 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk this is the mark aram show Welcome back to the show. Mark Aram. You're back in call till 9 in the p.m. It is 77 lovely degrees on Peachtree Street. Loving this weather. Nice and cooler. Not as humid. I don't have the back sweat when I drive into work every day. That's that's a plus. You guys get that? No, I have AC in my car. I do too. No. I'm not driving in a Jeep or something. My you, car has air-conditioned seats. So mine, mine do, don't have to worry about just that. Just on the tush, though. I don't have it on the back. Yeah, mine does the lower back. It's really nice. Yeah. I get back sweat. It's gross. Anyway. (laughs) You don't have to travel far to your car from your house, do you? I mean, it's like literally right in front of your place, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I just don't know why you're sweating. It's a long five-minute ride over here. Yeah, (laughs) it is. I get back sweat, which is why I wasn't a popular kid in high school. (laughs) I was popular for two days, and then they're like, oh, your back is sweating. Get out. You're out. Uh, Chuck's off tonight. The rest of the gang is here. Buford, Longoria, Intern Tyler and Madison. We're discussing uh, the guest tonight in the second hour of the show, actor Ted McGinley, best known as his role as Stan in Revenge of the Nerds, uh, which was a show about rever- uh, nerds getting their revenge in college. So uh, after I interviewed him this morning, I was thinking about the the cast system, if you will, that we had in high school. In my school, it was the jocks, the smart kids, the popular kids, and the burnouts. And they were smaller. And uh, basically everyone else outside of there. You had like smaller cliques like... 
the model airplane kids. I don't know. Just like, you know, <laughs> like there's like three guys that would do their yeah. thing, you know. But most people just fell in the everyone else category. And I'm just curious how that cast system has evolved over the years. So if you're 90 years old or 10 years old, I want to hear from you tonight uh, about the uh, cast system when, when you were going to school. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Francesco joins us in Alpharetta. Francesco, welcome to the program. Francesca, preach, Mark. Welks, buddy. What's going on? Hey, listen. Um, so I went to school in El Salvador. It was the American school, class of 80. 75 kids graduated. Go Trojans. And <laughs> we had a couple of groups. You know, we had, we called them the Lumpen. And the Lumpen were all the kids that drank and smoked weed. Then we had... What, the is, what does Lumpen mean? Is that like wolf? Lumpen is like... Slang for the ones that are just like the rejects. No one wanted to hang out with. And this them. is in El Salvador. El Salvador. Okay. Yes. And then we had, uh, of course, the nerds. Yeah. No, we didn't have any jocks. No, we didn't have any band members. But then we had the group of American kids. So those were the gringos. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. They, they were their, they were their own little group. And then we had the guys and the girls, the popular guys and the popular girls. That was about it. But yeah, I think you were right. The smaller the school you know, the, uh, the fewer groups we had, yeah. but I'm sure if I were to go back and revisit my school, I'm sure things have changed. What, what was it like growing up in El Salvador? You know, it was, it was great. You know, we hung out outside, we rode our bikes, uh, we hung out with the friends, we had cookouts at, you know, different people's homes on Saturdays, and um, if we drank, we maybe had a margarita, you know, we went out, we went dancing, yeah. we'd go to the beach, you know, everything was great. Those, uh, those were the good old days. Aside yeah. from the beach, it seems like a pretty, you know, like uh, like a United States, uh, you know, the way you grew up here. I mean, it didn't seem it doesn't seem very dissimilar. No, it wasn't at all. It was just, you know, we got to enjoy farms and the ocean being thirty minutes away yeah. and the lake being twenty minutes away, and we just hung out outside. We did things outside, you know. Now after the war, people are living behind walls, sure. and you know there's security everywhere. But you, you know, I still go back. I still visit, and I still see the friends. But you're just more careful. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think growing up in El Salvador was was an awesome thing to do. Yeah, I think I think that's very cool, and I'm, I'm glad you shared it with us. It, that's pretty cool. So me in Connecticut, Buford and Gwinnett. Longoria in Mexico and Francesca in El Salvador, we all had similar upbringings. That's right. Have you seen Revenge of the Nerds? You know, I don't think I have. Oh, my goodness no. gracious. What? All right, <laughs> I got I to gotta let you go now, you, Francesca. That's what happens when you grow up in El Salvador. Take care of my I guess bye -bye. so. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe people haven't seen that movie. I would have figured that was the most one of the most widely watched movies of all time. Revenge of the Nerds. In God. our generation, yeah. but My parents saw it. <laughs> yeah, but... I bet my grandparents saw it. I'm going to keep a close eye on what you what you show your girls. I want full control over what movies you show your girls. Okay. Will you give that to me? Sure. As the godfather? Yeah, All the right. same lot. Mick, uh, Mickey's <laughs> in Roswell. Mickey, you're on the Mark Aram Show. Hey, Mark. Love your show. Thanks, Mick. Um, I went to school from 68 to graduated 71 in College Park, Georgia. Nice. And we were about a medium-sized school, and there were maybe 20 African-Americans going there at the time, and mm -hmm. they all were in the most of the popular, the jock group, and all great friends, which is crazy kind of back in that, in that time period. But uh, it was kind of like a little bubble. Uh, we had the typical cliques of the popular people, which mingle with the jocks. We had different kind of segments of jocks, like 
track jocks, tennis jocks, like kind of hung together. So they, they separated themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the only separation I had in the jock group in my, my school was the football players and the soccer players didn't like each other for some reason. Well, there was no soccer back then. <laughs> yeah, but you know who won that fight? I mean, come on. Right, soccer. Yeah. <laughs> no, not soccer. <laughs> but but otherwise, I mean, because when you go to a small school like like I did, um, well, first of all, if I grew up in Georgia, like I I played football in in high school in Connecticut, I don't think I'd make the team here in Georgia. You know, like that's yeah, how much better the athletes are down here. Slim pickings down <laughs> there. Yeah, well, but I, but I you tried, would I tried it. You, I tried it just to think of making me more popular, and I'm like, well, I'm, I don't need to be this popular because it. I really picked off a girlfriend, and she was best friends with a running back that was just extremely Ooh. mean. Yeah, you don't, you don't. The biggest black dude, African-American guy you could think of, and very mean. Shaved his head even back then, which was kind of weird. But, I mean, we had to stand in line and try, and tackle, try to tackle this guy. And that man's he, name was Kasim Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mickey. So, so the, the point I was making, a smaller school, like – you didn't specialize in one sport. Like, if you played a sport, you played three sports. Right. Is that the same, Tyler, or is there now complete specialization? There's a lot of specialization. So you just played basketball in high school? Yeah. Okay. But, see, when my school was so small, you had to play. Yeah, back then, I mean, um, you know, if, there was guys that played baseball, football, and, and basketball. basketball. Yeah. Like, they played it all. That was know? the thing. Yeah. Or or baseball, or football, basketball, and track, mm-hmm. or soccer, baseball, and ba- I mean, there Everyone just played three sports. Now it's super specialized. Where if at a, at an early age, you're like, all right, what is my kid best at? Football. All right, we're gonna right. stick with football. Or you know, um, I remember like having to be pulled because I was in theater arts yeah. and I was in basketball at yeah. the same time, and both of them didn't like me being in the other. Like really? they were, like they, they they almost made me choose, and I was like, well, I'm not gonna choose. I'm yeah. gonna I can do both. I get the girls in theater, right? And I, play basketball yeah. that's the way it is martha's in loganville martha welcome to the mark aram show hey mark how are you what's going on martha hey um i graduated in 2013 so a couple years ago all right first yeah. off have you seen revenge of the nerds no i haven't Jeez, louise what is going on people all right go ahead sorry martha all right and i i think that schools are uh you know coming out of the division part of it of the clicks i mean you do know the jocks and our burnouts that you said, they were called emos. Yeah, emos. The emos smoke weed and stuff? Yeah, and yeah. skateboard. That they're all together. But uh, you saw a more a more close-knit uh, high school experience than, than maybe what I grew up with. Yeah, uh, I guess my school, school was really open. I was an orchestra dork, and my best friend was a cheerleader, but I would walk home with the people that were called the emos. So you were all over the map. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> so as a, as an orchestra dork, as you said, I'm not saying you called yourself <laughs> that, but your best friend was a cheerleader. Did did mm-hmm. that uh, help you blend in with the more popular groups? Like, oh, she's friends with the cheerleader, even though she's an orchestra dork, she must be she must be okay. Um, I don't know if that was it. No. But um, I graduated with, uh, my graduating class was about 600 students. Oh, wow, that's big. So it was a big school, so yeah. I didn't want to contradict your, the smaller the school, the, you know, the less the clicks. But. Well, I'm just throwing out theories. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, most of what I say on the air is, is, you know, completely made up out of the top of my head. So you can feel free to contradict me at any time. But I appreciate a, a younger perspective. Do me a favor, Martha. Revenge of the Nerds. Watch it this weekend, will you? All right. I will. What about Dazed and Confused? Have you seen that? 
haven't seen that one either. Oh no. my goodness! These kids weren't born when the movies came out. I don't care. I yeah. saw Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. That wasn't. That was. <laughs> I understand that, but that's a different. What's your favorite older movie, Martha? I like Back to the Future. All right, there you go. That's good. This that's the same time period, eighty five. When Revenge of the Nerds and Back to the Future came out. I think Back to the Future is actually younger, newer than... Uh, yeah, Revenge yeah. of the Nerds. Yeah, yeah so, so there you go. All right, Martha. You guys got to do your homework tonight. Susan Brazelton. Sue, you're on the Mark Aram Show. Hi, Mark. Hey, um, Sue. Yes, um, I graduated in 2000... I mean, I'm sorry, in 1991 from um, Gainesville High School here in Georgia. Okay. And um, back then, there was a... It was, it was so weird because people did self-segregate, you know, the... the and, and the, uh, my school was almost half black, half white. We even had, during our homecoming, a black homecoming queen and a white homecoming queen, and they had to do that so everybody wouldn't get upset. It was, and it was in 1991. In 91, I, I wow. 91. There's, I think there's a high school still uh, in Wadawi, Alabama, that still does that. They have a segregated prom and everything. We didn't segregate the prom. We just, uh, people just wanted, you know, who they were represented, and if, if, you know, if the homecoming queen were white, you know, all the white people would get mad, and if, if they were black, all the black people would get mad, so we had to, it was strange. That is, does that still go on at, at that school in Gainesville? You know, it can't, right? It can't go on still. I doubt it. I doubt it. I think they've evolved a bit from then. I think some of the, I think some of the old, um, some of the teachers and the um, administration came over from when there was a sec- when there was segregated schools mm-hmm. in Howe County. Um, uh, I think once they all retired and died off, and and, and modern people that yeah. didn't think like that came in. I think all that stopped because I think it was it, it had a lot to do with you know who ran the school. As yeah, well, I, I, I like I sound like surprised and stunned at this, and, and I, I guess I can't am, but I think about my own experience. There was no uh, interracial dating going on in my school. Yeah, there wasn't ours. The whites dated the whites. The Asians dated the Asians. Uh, the blacks dated the blacks. We had uh, one Mexican kid. He was he was SOL. He had nothing. <laughs> he had no <laughs> option. He was by himself. Yeah, he was by himself. He, had, <laughs> he was the only soccer yeah, person on the soccer yeah, team. <laughs> he, had, he had nothing. Uh, what was his name? Oh, uh, Jorge Alberto McNutt. Jorge? Jorge, right. Jorge, he had nothing. Nothing. We were like, sorry, dude. We yeah. we tried to bust in a, a girl from El, uh, El Salvador, <laughs> but she's like, no, no, I don't do that. But we there was that's weird though. There was no cross cultural dating when I was in high school. That wasn't that. I mean, it was a long time ago, ninety one. But it's, I'm not talking about the the fifties. Just realized that. I don't know. All right, we'll come back. More of your calls. 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. I just posted a video of uh, Tyler on Snapchat delivering dinner. Uh, Snapchat is Mark Aram Show and on Instagram at Mark Aram. We'll be right back. Mark Aram on 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. gotta give me a heads up when we're coming back from break dude i got nacho chips and cheese in my mouth. uh buford who is online too my friend ray ray is in greensboro ray you're on the mark aram show how are you sir hey mark enjoying the show thank you buddy i uh graduated in 82 and uh went to school in new jersey okay we had uh, a lot of the same categories you said we had the nerds the popular kids and the burnouts, we called them freaks. Really? 
Yeah. All right. And uh, it wasn't meant in a derogatory way, but they actually liked kind of that yeah. name. They're, they they wanted to be unique, and uh, that was a, a descriptive term for them. Yeah. Is every every year, um, roughly the jocks and the freaks would get together and play a football game. Wow. And, uh, they were um, good athletes, and they took a lot of pride in showing us that they could be good athletes if they wanted to, but they chose to be freaks. And this was in Morristown, New Jersey? No, uh, Middlesex, New Jersey. All right, I was close. Yeah. Not too bad. All right, freaks. We didn't, we didn't call anyone freaks. No. Burnouts. They were burnouts. Megadeth shirts, acid wash jeans, smoking passes. They were the burnouts. It's weird y'all had smoking passes. We didn't have that. Yeah. That is weird. Yeah. And the teacher's lounge was smoking, too. They'd walk out. You'd walk out of the teacher's lounge, and not I would, but teachers would walk out, and billows of smoke would come out. <laughs> billows. <laughs> Louie's in Noonan. Louie, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Hey, Mark. Good evening. How are you? What's going on, brother? Hey, so I graduated in 2005 with a class of 64 kids. It was in uh, Illinois. Okay. And I just west of NIU. And we had every single... Click that you mentioned, plus, you know, we even had a foreign exchange student in there. And the interesting part about it was, though you'd have people that you normally just want to hang out with and socialize on a daily basis, when it came time, like any, any form of get-togethers, no matter what clicker department you were with, everyone would be able to come together and hang out and, you know, socialize. It might be because our entire class had been together since kindergarten. Yeah, exactly. I I definitely believe that the smaller the community, the tighter you get, and there'll be less chance of, of, I don't want to say friction, but here's the interesting part. So I'm not saying that I did or you did or Buford did, but, you know, there seems this importance, like, if you were, the the popular kids in high school were, 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 just got this reverence, like, oh, that, that, they've got it all, you know, I wish I could be that person. Right, right. You know, that, that's just, I don't know if that's just human nature or whatever, but, the, you know, there, there was always, you think, think of the most popular kid in your school, guys, right now, if you're driving home right now, most popular boy, most popular girl, whatever, I guarantee you are doing better in life right now than they are. If you were a nerd, if you were a band geek, if you were a theater geek like Longoria, which we just found out, <laughs> I bet Longoria's doing better in life than the most popular kid in school was. From my experience, the popular kids, they tried to get through life on their popularity, and that crap ends at high school. Yep. All the popular kids in, in, in my school are doing absolutely nothing with their lives right now. Much like me. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. All of your calls when we come back. Lonely Tailgater with Blessed or Not Blessed. On Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. This is Charles Osgood. No, I want this town to be near you. No. Blue. 
Welcome to the show and a good Friday Eve to you. Mark Aram here, you there. This is the Mark Aram Show, heard Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Hope you had a great week. You have a great weekend planned. I will be, uh, full disclosure, as soon as the show ends, I am uh, hopping in my car and driving straight to uh, Harris, Cherokee, where I am performing on stage doing my uh, my one-man comedy act. No, I'm kidding. I'm going for a poker tournament, but I'm very excited. Oh. Very excited. John Hansen joins us in studio along with Jamie Bendel, Tim Andrews, part of the uh, studio honest. Have you, do you ever perform in casinos? I have. I was just at uh, Mohegan Sun earlier this year. Uh, always a good idea to have uh, 12 hours of free alcohol given to your audience. <laughs> I find oh, I never that. thought about that. Yeah. Did they get rowdy? Uncasville, Connecticut? <laughs> two alcohol-related incidents, one couple arrested. So, oh my goodness. good times were had all the way around. That's, uh, see, the, when I go to casinos, and it's no offense to comedians, I, I mean no offense because obviously I love comedians, I never do anything but gamble and play poker. Me neither. I've, I've been to Vegas 20 times. I've never once been to a club. I've never once seen a show. Well, I, I just don't do any of the periphery. To be fair, you're a degenerate gambler. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, as loyal listeners of the Mark Aram show know, I, I don't do that. Um, but as do you, do you like those gigs? Uh, you know, it was fun. I mean, we had a great time. Um, but And uh, the, the incident had nothing to do with me. It was a couple that got into an argument and... Uh, you know, they had the opportunity to go home, but they wanted to stay and keep talking trash, and they ended up uh, getting arrested. So I don't want to see that comment card. Yeah, I tell you that I don't know if they're <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be repeat customers the next time I come through town. We we shan't see that tonight at the Punchline. Uh, John's no. on stage at the Punchline tonight and tomorrow. Tickets available online. Punchline.com. And this is your first uh, foray into the new Punchline location, uh, Roswell Road at Piedmont Road. You you were four years ago or so. You were back at the old Punchline. Yeah. Um, but you haven't been, you haven't been doing the Southern Circuit. What's what's taking so long to get back here? Well, you know, I've been uh, I don't do as much traveling as I would like for the road. I uh, have been fortunate enough to be working in L.A., and I got two small kids. So um, between work and being a, a dad, I, uh, I try to limit the amount of traveling that I do, but I was real happy to come back. Yeah, well, w- welcome back south. And and actually, you have a, a game show that's, that's on TV right now here in Atlanta. Tell yeah, us about it. Yeah, I'm uh, hosting a game show called Eyewitness, created by Judge Judy that is airing on the local Fox station here. Uh, I believe at twelve thirty a.m. Because if a show is really good, <laughs> yes, they put it after midnight. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's, what, what is Eyewitness about? Tell Eyewitness about. is a uh, it's a Monday through Friday syndicated game show where we uh, take three contestants, we show them video clips from all over the world, and mm-hmm. then we quiz them about details they may or may not have noticed. It's a ah. very interesting concept because. Very easy to grasp, very easy to play along at home mm-hmm. if you're watching, which I think is kind of like the hallmark of any great sure. game show, Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, etc. Um, but it sheds a whole new light on the idea of eyewitness testimony. I mean, when you're watching something that you are focusing on with the sole intent to of, remember. of remembering yeah. everything you can and drinking in all the details, and 60 seconds later you're struggling to come up with things, it makes you realize how faulty eyewitness testimony can be. It's funny because we've had a number of law enforcement officers on the show over the years, and they say the same thing. They're like, "You, we could see a crime, have nine witnesses, and nine different horrible stories that aren't even close to being the same. Yeah, traditionally, eyewitness testimony is one of the least reliable forms of testimony. And, you know, 
Now you imagine that it's something that you weren't necessarily tuned in and paying attention for, and it happened six months ago. Um, so I, I think it's interesting that somebody like Judge Judy, who comes from that legal world, would yeah. have this kind of insight to create a format like this. But it's a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of it is like, you know, it's all, I call it highlights for adults, you know what I mean? Because it's like, what did we change? You know what I mean? We changed one thing yeah. in this photo. What is it? That kind of stuff. I, I think I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, uh, I'm on board. I, I'm I'm still up around twelve thirty a.m. and sure. I, I don't. Well, usually... you're gambling, right? You're, exactly. You're in the corner right. pitching exactly pennies. Right. Um, I don't usually watch Fox Five because I'm a loyal Channel Two viewer. But for you, yeah, I'm I don't watch exception. it either, Mark. You don't watch it either. No, no, no. no you're not up. Um, John Henson in studio on the Mark Aram show. He's at the Punchline this weekend. Tickets available online. Punchline dot com. Very nice, Jamie. You've got you've got that nailed. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about game shows. All right. While we're here, yeah. Tim Andrews, Jamie Bendel, Mark Aram, John Henson. Uh, I'm old school. I grew up on game shows. I think we're all pretty much in the same age. Mm-hmm. Sure. I might be. Jamie's probably older than all of us, but mm-hmm. the three of us. Well, are, I think with Jamie, you got to cut him in half and count the circles. <laughs> exactly. He's the man that doesn't age. <laughs> exactly I don't get right. it. It's uh, it's frightening. I look like a Lord of the Rings character now, and uh, you look Jamie great. Are you like crazy? Dorian Gray. You look the same now that you did on Talk Soup. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a lot more snow on the roof these days. <laughs> my, well, you still have the roof. That's yeah, the key. Yeah. Well, my. Uh, my white streak is starting to annex the rest of my head. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, growing up, I loved video. I love video games. I I didn't get to play video. I loved game shows. And to me, the the standalone best show ever um, was, uh, of course, I can't. A oh, match game. Yeah, oh, the match original games. match yeah, game. Yeah, no, I grew up on it as well. I mean, it, it was fantastic. I mean, I'm I'm seven years old watching this. Not getting any of the innuendos that are being thrown out at me. Sure, um, but and they're all drunk. Yeah. Yes, but yeah. I I just loved the the idea of it's like don't the, the the key behind it is don't give what you think the best answer is right. the celebrities think what that idiot contestant is going to answer mm-hmm. you right. know because there was some strategy there look anything with Charles Nelson Riley yeah absolutely dial me in absolutely you know what I mean? but no I I grew up on it and the thing that I've realized now hosting a game show a studio game show is that essentially other than the rules and the questions it's all improv. Yeah. I mean, there's almost nothing scripted other than tease to break. So um, it's sort of an intersection of all the things that I've done in my career. It's a, it's like stand-up meets improv meets uh, hosting. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. I've, I've heard that the game show host gig is one of the cushiest, most sought-after gigs in in the entertainment business, is that correct? Yeah, it's the brass ring for for a guy like me at this stage of my career because you can shoot you shoot them almost in real time. Yeah. So I could shoot easily eight of these things a day. We could do, you know, if we come back next fall, we could do thirty four, thirty nine weeks worth of programming five days a week in like less than three months. What what's the the prize uh, arrangement on Eyewitness? Like you know, we if, give if, away up to twenty grand. And let me tell you something. If you ever get the chance to give away other people's money for a living, <laughs> I highly recommend it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I mean, people flip out. Twenty grand is meaningful, you know. Absolutely. Um, and uh, and you know, it's uh, they earn it, man. The 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 final round to to win the twenty grand, we show two video clips with both audio and video at the same time, side by side, and then ask you about details. So that's a level of multitasking that. I'm not capable of. I've I've lost too many brain cells, I think, to be really good at that. that yeah. I will watch it, but 
I, I wouldn't be a good contestant. Dude, it's all I can do to read English off a teleprompter. You know what <laughs> exactly. I mean? Um, so you're not you're not like Alex Trebek esque, where you're like you talk down. I can't believe you didn't remember that. Or no, we have a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. I you know I have a great time with the contestants, and uh, you know they did a really great job of casting. We had a lot of fun people. Um, but yeah, I do get the feeling that Alex Trebek judges his oh, his contestants a little bit. Absolutely, they're all there's a little contempt in his lilt. He uh, one of my favorite uh, wasn't one of my favorite game shows, but as far as prizes are concerned, you guys, Tim, you remember the old Wheel of Fortune, right? So you'd win. With Chuck Woolery as the host? Well, I'm not that old. Okay. You you win twelve thousand dollars. Yes. But you don't get twelve thousand dollars. Oh, the prize. You have to buy crap. Yeah. Right. Remember? Yeah. It's like, all right, I'll buy the Hawaiian vacation for forty three hundred, and you have like three hundred dollars left. You're like porcelain dog for $190. Right. right. Uh, when did they stop doing I'll that? Take the $300 worth of boar's head ham. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, uh, now, now, I'm not I'm not trying to... All, all produ- presumably prizes that were comped. Yes, right. exactly. Right. So it's all, exactly. It's all right. free stuff. But I, well, I might recommend uh, and give me executive producer credit on, on Eyewitness. Do that. Well, instead of giving away 20 grand, bring back that where they have to buy crap instead of giving them money. I Listen, I just want this show to be a success because I'm not going to lie to you. I got a little bit of a grudge against Alex Trebek, and I'll tell you why. Please. I lost not one, but two writing Emmys to the staff of Jeopardy Shut when up. I was on Talk Soup. That's I was impossible. like, that's not writing. It's yeah. research. You are taking a fact <laughs> and turning it into a question. How can and you it's horrible. compare that to comedy And it's writing? horribly worded. Like, and then, you know, he would like turn around and give you that look from the uh, from the table where he was, like a little nod of the head, like, that's right, I won again. And I just, I wanted to stove his head in. How many writers <laughs> did you have on staff for Talk Soup? Uh, well, this will give you an idea of how different the network uh, of E! Entertainment Television was when I was there. We were doing two and a half hours a week. We had three writers. Wow. And now uh, there's I think like uh, when they did the soup, there was like eight or ten <laughs> yeah. writers, guild writers, to do a half hour a week. That's so have you ever won an Emmy? Uh, no, I've been nominated for four. I've never won. I've won I am two. A, I might, let's see. Am I a... Uh, I think I'm a seven-time loser. Seven time loser. I've uh, won two. You have? I will, I will give you one of my Emmys. Did you win them in a poker game, or did you actually? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, they're actually uh, breaking news coverage on Channel 2 in the morning. I, I have two of them. And I don't know if you know this, so you have to pay for them. Yeah. So I wanted to send, I yeah, it, you have to buy them. You also have to pay for your own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I did not know that. Yeah. A so, lot of times it'll be fan groups that will buy it for you, yeah. but a lot of people are like... Do you have a, a star? No, I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to make my own star and then put it about a quarter of a mile down the street, because I assume eventually they'll You'll expand. You'll get to it there. I'm, I'm Walk of Fame adjacent. Really I will, I will start a GoFundMe to get you a star. You sure. definitely do. So I, I bought one for my parents. I'm like, my first Emmy ever, they thought I was going to amount to nothing in life. I'm like, sure. let me show them... Buy, it's expensive, uh, hundreds of dollars for this statuette, hundreds of dollars. So I buy it, and I, I, I go up for Christmas, and I bring it to him. like, I want an Emmy here. I got you one. My mom's like, what do you want me to do with this? This, this doesn't go with anything in right. the living room. 
I'm going to put, put in the put guest in bath. bath. Exactly. Right? right. It's going to be in the exactly guest right. bath. This is our son's Emmy. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually Does a good it mom. start to chip like an old Little League trophy? Does it become one of those it's, things it's that right. looks really sad? <laughs> it's dust I was covered. in Ron Jeremy's apartment once, and he had these, like, porn awards that he had won that were all chipped <laughs> and, like, you know, Little tarnished Dookie. like old Little League trophies. I was like, Ron, you got to let it go. I, I want to hear why you were in Ron Jeremy's apartment. We're going to do that after the break. Stick around one more all segment. Right. All right. John Henson's at the Punchline this weekend. Hilarious comedian. Tickets still available online. Punchline.com. Hang tight. Friday edition of The Mark Aram Show. Mark Aram on 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. Friday edition of The Mark Aram Show uh, on social media, of course, on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram, Facebook, Mark Aram WSB. And now because they told me so, I'm on Snapchat, Mark Aram Show. Snapchat uh, originally started, I guess, Tim Andrews, as a way to send uh, pornography to potential customers. Yeah, and you can't uh, download it. Yeah, it just like disappears. So but you can take a screen grab. Speaking of pornography, mm-hmm. uh, John Henson, uh, going into the break, you mentioned you were in Ron Jeremy's apartment. I was. How the hell did that happen? Uh, this would have been uh, in the mid-90s when I was young and single yes. and enjoying the rich <laughs> bounty of basic cable. Yes. And uh, a, uh, a young woman who was a house guest of his uh, invited me back. And I, I, I'm not making this up. She just goes... Uh, uh, I'm staying with a friend, and I was giving her a ride home, yeah. and uh, we were on the elevator ride up when she told me it was Ron Jeremy's place, and immediately my spidey senses began to yeah. um, She, We walk into the place. I'm not making this up. The first thing she does is throw open the doors to the patio and look back over her shoulder at me and go, sorry about the smell. <laughs> Swear to God. And I, 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 years later, I saw Ron Jeremy and I go, dude, I was in your apartment once. And he goes, yeah, you get a little blood work done after. <laughs> well, I'm assuming this is L.A. Yeah. Lived in a high rise off of uh, Fountain Boulevard. Oh, and, uh, God. Uh, yeah. No, did it, it, was, did uh, it have an aroma? It, uh, uh, yeah, aromesque, <laughs> I believe. No, it was, uh, it, yeah, it smelled uh, smelled a little bit like uh, curdled milk. Fantastic. Uh, real quick, before we let you go, we have a uh, game we like to play on the show. Now, it's time for Who's in Your Phone? So, you don't have to call anybody, but if you were to open up your cell phone right now, throw a famous name at me that you could hypothetically call or text. Uh, well, you know, let's just start with Mike the Situation. <laughs> Shut up! Yes. Really? From yeah. Jersey Shore? Yeah. So let's start uh, game's with... Game's over. There's let's no start. start. With... <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. How the hell do you have the Situation's number? I did uh, a season of Worst Cooks on Food Network last year. Yes, of with course. With the Sitch. And uh, he's an, uh, here's what I will tell you about Mike the Situation. He's exactly who you think he is. Yeah. But for some reason, it's endearing and not I, it lovable. It re- Absolutely, it, like, yeah. I can't explain it. It's like, you know how they say, like, that according to the laws of physics, a bumblebee should not be able to fly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like he should not be an endearing person. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, I don't know. I can't help it. I yeah. love the guy. He's I, awesome. I, as someone that used to go to the Jersey Shore as a kid, that was my favorite reality show. Like, oh. it was... The and let me tell you something. Jim Tan Laundry. He's a good cook. Yeah. Like, oh, when no, I first yeah. got on the show, I was like, well, I ain't anyway. I'm going out before the situation. And I, <laughs> after one challenge, I was like, oh, dear God, let me hang around Believe long it. enough. He's Italian. He's yeah, got the, he's I, got you know, the, yeah. I didn't realize that. Somebody goes, you you never seen the Jersey Shore? I go, no, no, no. I, don't, I never, oh, I I never watched. Go, what a train wreck. They go, 
Dude, he cooked for the entire That's house right, on right. every episode That's for right. seven seasons. You're I was absolutely like, right. Oh, I, I didn't know. I never watched it. You <laughs> That's know? right. That's the greatest. We're Who's all in your phone like I've taking notes, you know, during the demonstration. I look over and Mike's just looking around. And I was like, oh, this guy's going to be out immediately. And then I realized, <laughs> no, he doesn't have to take notes. That's amazing. John, it's a pleasure. Uh, folks want to, are you on the social media too? Where can we find you? I am. You? you can find me at John underscore Henson on Twitter.com. And look forward to the uh, star of fame, the Hollywood Walk of Fame that sure. Tim Andrews and I are going to start a GoFundMe account for. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll promote it. Yeah. Tonight on the uh, Radio Labyrinth podcast. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, tickets still available online. Punchline.com. Go see John tonight at the Punchline or tomorrow. Either or way. Sunday. Or Sunday. All right. A lot of choices. (laughs) News, weather, and traffic next. This is The Mark Aram Show. Jamie Foxx here. You there? You listening to The Mark Aram Show? You better. Uh He packed in the animals two by two. Ox, camel, and a kangaroo. Packed him in that ox so tight. I couldn't get no sleep that night. Roll the dust, chip and hell. Tell me about the master play. Welcome back to the show, 836, 24 in front of 9. Wednesday edition of the Mark Aram Show rolls on. Buford's screening the calls. Where'd he go? It's just me and you. Yeah, just the me. interns are gone. Yeah. Buford's gone. <laughs> Everyone left us, just man. Just me and you. All right. I All right. like this. It's yeah. cozy. Me and Longoria chilling with you. <laughs> Ted McGinley, the actor from Revenge of the Nerds, will be up in just a minute talking about clicks in high school. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Jim joins us in McDonough. Jim, welcome to the show. Hey. What up, buddy? I graduated in 58. 58, okay. What were the clicks back then? Well, they had, there were um, the smokers that spent recess out by the uh, incinerator. Yeah. Back then, there, were, there weren't any kids that had uh, cars. Maybe five in the whole high school, and wow. there was only 300 in the high school. Yeah. And uh, my graduating class had 36 people in it. 36 people, so a tight-knit group. Yeah, and it was completely segregated back then, so there was no no questions about anything like that. Yeah, what and uh, where did you go to school? In a little town in North Carolina. All right. And but basically, there were cliques, but uh, not you know with thirty six people, you knew everybody. Yeah, exactly. Thirty six people, it's tough to have cliques. It's just <laughs> yeah, that, the hard. whole class is a, is a clique. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, buddy, I appreciate it. Mark's in Snellville. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? What's going on, sir? Uh, not much. I'm from Gainesville and everything like that, and I got out of school in 81, and we did have clicks. We had serious clicks like band clicks and football clicks and things like that and everything like that. So we did have kind of like little segregated little groups and stuff like that. But one thing that caught me is the attention that um, I know a lot of people who went to Gainesville High School as well, and I, you had a caller that said they had segregated farms and stuff like that. And I know personally from that time frame, and I hope this was prior to 1975 and even before then, because I know personally the um, administrators and stuff like that, and they wouldn't have tolerated something like that as far as having independent homecoming queens and stuff like that. They were yeah. black and white because in 81, in fact, in 1980, at our school, we had our first black homecoming queen and even before then a few as well so we wow. didn't have segregated homecoming queens there and of course like i said during that time when if it was 75 and a little bit before then i know the administrators personally the assistant principal and principal personally very very closely and they wouldn't have tolerated 
But the the, the, the fact is, though, that I mean, even to this day, there are we see, you see them on the news every every prom season. There's there's school. Yeah, I think just like last year, the year before, I yeah. saw something on the segregated news. segregated proms. Unbelievable. That's just weird to me. It is, of course, it's yeah. weird to you. This is very weird. Yeah, but I mean, that was the way it was for for decades. It's, it's uh, tough to imagine to think that that was that was the case. Mike's in McDonough. Mike, you're on the Mark Aram show. Hey, how's it going? What up, Mikey? Hey, I got a funny story. I just had my 35-year class reunion last year. Um, I've got a story quick about a uh, Heisman Trophy winner, and I have a Mr. Miyagi story. All right, Which fire away. Here? Go ahead, both of them. I want to hear both of them. <clears throat> All right, well, let's see. I graduated in 82, and the year behind, the head of me was uh, Napoleon McCollum. Heis- no, yeah, Napoleon McCollum, the uh-huh. uh, Heisman Trophy winner, played for the Navy. Wow, that's yeah, I remember him. Yep, cool cat. He was just a nice, laid-back dude. Um, had my 35-year class reunion this weekend. And, and was that I fun? Was that my, cool? You know what? It was. It was the first one I ever been to. Yeah. And uh, you know, nobody got really stupid, drunk, or everything. But Good. Um, <laughs> the one thing that was funny is uh, my elementary school crush, a little redheaded girl, curly hair, hadn't seen her since, and uh, she was the same height, but she had grown quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to be nice here. Understood. And uh, she walks up to my wife and I, she looks at me, and she sees my name tag, and she goes, Oh, little Mike, I haven't seen you since the second grade. She puts her arm around me and starts rubbing my belly. Oh, my God. It was very awkward. That's so weird. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm looking at my wife going, <laughs> yeah. All right, tell me the Miyagi, Mr. Miyagi story real quick. All right, real quick. I was in Vegas about 20 years ago. Mr. Miyagi was at a casino in just a little dive corner where there was a bar, and he was totally loaded, and he was singing terribly, walking around kind of like with a little cup. It was really embarrassing. I felt bad for the guy. You sure it was him? You sure it was Pat Morita? It, uh, man, if it wasn't him, I don't know what my mama looked like. <laughs> all right, all right, fair enough. Rest in peace, by the way, Pat Morita, legendary actor from Happy Days and Karate Kid. Uh, all right, speaking of legendary actors, let's hear from Ted McGinley. Joining us now on the Mark Aram Show, uh, star of one of my favorite movies. We talk about this movie all the time on the Mark Aram Show, Revenge of the Nerds. Mr. Ted McGinley joins us. Ted, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks so much. Appreciate to be with you. As, as a nerd who grew up in the '80s, that movie—you uh, know—it it meant a lot to me. Not you weren't the nerd, of course. You were the alpha beta. But uh, what a great movie, and what a what a great cast, and I'm sure what a great career boost to you being in that film. Yeah, that was um, maybe my second film uh, ever, and it was by far the most enjoyable and fun. It was a wild time, you know, in those days, and it was. Uh, we shot at the University of Arizona, and we sort of took over the campus, and it was so much fun. Every afternoon, we would when we'd go watch dailies, they would have a little party, and they'd have beer and pizza, and you could invite, like, girls that you'd met hanging around school, and <laughs> they would just come. And, I mean, it was, it, I'd never done anything like it before or since, and it was I mean, it was one of a kind. It was so much fun. Did, did you know it was going to be a hit when you were filming it? No, in fact, in the beginning, when I first got the movie, I was embarrassed to say the title, so I, I, I never mentioned the title. And then the very first day that we saw Dailies, I'll never forget, I, it was so elevated, like the humor was so funny that 
I said, oh, my God, this is going to be a hit. I knew it the first day I saw dailies because I didn't realize that everybody was going to be so great. And uh, that surprised me to no end. And then from then on, it was like I was so proud to be in Revenge of the Nerds. You know? But uh, it, it, was, um, it was a great gig. And I miss it. I mean, that, that was really, that's one of those great stories, one of those great Hollywood stories that you get to tell that I remember, you know, that movie. I remember making that movie with these guys who ended up doing things and, and everybody involved in that movie from the producers to the guys who did the music. I mean, you name it, every single one of those guys raised up through the raised up through the ranks and did really well. It, it really it's a classic. Again, I love it, but if you watch it uh, again and you think about it, that movie couldn't be made the way it was in 2017. There there's like some uncomfortable <laughs> no. uh things that go on in that movie that it, uh, a 2017 uh producer or director be like, "No, we can't we can't do that scene here." No. No, they'd be arrested. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, you can't even imagine. I, they, you know, they put an ad in the new newspaper, in the campus newspaper, like girls who want to be in the movie, maybe uh, come on by, and then if you, we might be doing some shots in the sorority house. Uh, you know, with maybe underwear or something. So if you're not opposed to that, we'll have a separate group of girls who might want to try out for that part. And, you know, it was like crazy stuff. <laughs> and people showed up to do it. I remember thinking, what? I remember thinking, what are their parents thinking? I mean, they would die if they knew these girls, these poor students were showing up. And uh, and they ended up, you know, we ended up having so much fun on the set that it was just like a, the, every day was uh, just a, like a party. It really is a classic. Ted McGinley joining us on the Mark Aram Show. Go ahead, Ted. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, we used to sit out by the trailers at nighttime. Some, we did a couple weeks where we shot just at nighttime. So you would show up to work at like 4 in the afternoon, get made up, and then about 5 o'clock, as it started to get dark, you would go out and start shooting until 5 in the morning. And those are night shoots. And we did that for about two weeks. And uh, we, you know, you'd sit out by your trailer in the middle of the night and trying to stay awake. We'd all sit out there together while they were doing setups, and we'd return to our trailer. And then we would start doing bits, and people would come up with, like Tim Busfield was was constantly doing it and pitching new ideas constantly. And it was so much fun, and we and we would always go back to the director and say, "What do you think about this?" And he'd say, "Great, do it." And that the like three quarters of the movie was sort of written that way. Uh, by guys just sitting around saying, what if we did this? And then he'd say, let me see it. No, not good. Yes, good, let's do it. And it was uh, it was one of those magic moments. Well, uh, you, sh- you should be proud of that. And, and, and the rest of your career, actually, um, which leads us to uh, Battle of the Network Stars, TV Moms and Dads versus TV Kids. Tell us about this. Well, August 3rd, 9 p.m., coming up this Thursday, uh we're going to be, it's going to be TV Moms and Dads, and that's my team, against TV Kids. And the Moms and Dads, uh, do, you, do you know who Chad Lowe is? Yes, absolutely. Chad Lowe, Greg Evigan, myself, Leslie Farah, and Jackie. Jack Gay! Jackie Harry. <laughs> yeah, that's right, she and, was a mom. Uh, yeah, against uh, the TV Kids, Jimmy Walker. You remember Donald Mike? Absolutely. And Mackenzie Phillips and Jonathan Lipnicki, um, uh, Krista Marie Yu, and uh, Jeremy Miller. 
from the Alan Thicke Show, and uh, Krista Marie Yu is from Dr. Ken. Well, I'm assuming, and, like uh, like me, you watched the the original Battle of the Network Stars. Was it was that in the 70s or 80s that was on? I can't remember. I was in the original. Really? I, I, yeah, if you YouTube <laughs> uh, Ted McGinley Battle of the Network Stars, you'll see the original uh, battle, and we did it in Mexico. I'm, I'm going to imagine uh, you're the, wearing short shorts in that one, right? Really short shorts? We were, I was wearing Speedos and shorts. <laughs> and, I mean, you name it. It was terrible. But it was really fun because Dick Van Dyke was the host. Oh, wow. Legend. And Dick Van Dyke was my all-time idol. And so uh, I was so excited to get to hang out with him and talk to him and and uh, just be around him, to be honest with you. I mean, that, that made my entire experience. And we were in Mexico, so they flew us down to Mexico. We spent like three or four days in Ixtapa and Zihuatanejo, and it was crazy. You know, now, now we, you know, this was done in Pepperdine University out here in Malibu. Gorgeous, gorgeous. And it, yeah, but the day we filmed that, it was like, uh, in fact, if you watched any of them that have been on thus far, it's a little uh, cool and chilly in Malibu um, when we were doing it. It was sort of, uh, uh, it was like not really rainy, but there was an early morning mist that was coming down. You kept thinking, wait a minute, we're in Malibu. Uh, but it was spectacular. Anyway, it was, it was a lot of fun, and it was fun to see all these folks. And, and Chad Lowe and I live in the same neighborhood, so I just see him around every so often. Uh, and, and so that was sort of fun to be on. We talk, but we never, you know, really hung. So it was kind of fun to be on the same team. Mark Aram on 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Final segment of the Mark Aram Show. Uh, William's in Atlanta. William, you're on the Mark Aram Show. Hello, sir. What's going on, buddy? I'm in a tractor trailer tanker cruising up I-75 northbound at 70 miles per hour. Be, be <laughs> but, safe, buddy. Be safe. Yes, sir, for sure. Um, we had quite a few of the same things that you've talked about on others, but back in the 60s, things were a little different, and I graduated from Baker High School, a large over 3,000 students, 8th through 12th grade, right outside the front gate of Fort Benning, Georgia, in Columbus, Georgia. And back then, you started, uh, all the guys, well, girls and guys were segregated in PE. Uh, and the guys all were required to be in all sports, but if you lettered, you became a letterman. Otherwise, you you weren't a jock or anything. You were a letterman. And I was... I was blessed because in eighth grade I started running track and uh, I lettered my very first year. But and so I, I was in with that group. Uh, college prep students that were going to go to college were called preppies. Is that is that where preppy <laughs> was, came from? Yeah, I was in that group too. And uh, of course, uh, the majority of the students were from the army base. Uh, their moms. Our dads, mostly dads, were uh, at Fort Benning, stationed at Fort Benning, and they were called brats. And I was one of those, too. My dad was an Army drill sergeant. So wow. I fit in with everybody. It wasn't covered, no problem. You covered all the bases there. Yeah, and then when I graduated from the University of Georgia, uh, schools were still segregated in 68 when I graduated from the University of Georgia. And I and two other Caucasian 
teachers and eight Caucasian students were placed at Turner High School right there in Atlanta. No kidding. Uh, uh, h- hang on a second. We've got some breaking news to take care of. Where is Hector? Breaking news on the Mark Aram Show. We have run out of time. we got to do Star of the Show. That's the breaking news. And now, are you guys ready for the Mark Aram Star of the Show? He's a scholar. He's a gentleman. He bought you bananas nine burritos tonight. Mark Aram is the star of the Mark Aram Show. Right? I mean, come on. Yes, I thought we were going in a different direction. He goes, direction. I guess. Jalapenos. <laughs> Jalapenos. Jalapenos. All right, uh, big show tomorrow. Tyler's going to fill in for Sanjay. Johnny Kilbasa with a fast food review. We'll continue the conversation on Twitter, at Mark Aram. Facebook, Mark Aram WSB. Instagram, Mark Aram. And now Snapchat, Mark Aram Show. In the meantime, go to sleep, little baby. Go to sleep, you little baby. Guests of the Mark Aram Show stay at the all-sweet Omni Hotel, located in the heart of Chicago's Magnificent Mile. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.